Welcome back to the Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 374. I thought it best to present myself as soon as possible, Your Grace, I said neutrally. Your letter implied you were in some haste. And an impressive job you did of it, too, Alvaron said, glancing at the tall man sitting at the table next to him. Wouldn't you say, Dagon? Yes, Your Grace. Dagon looked at me with dark, dispassionate eyes. His face was hard and sharp and emotionless. I suppressed a shiver. Alvaron glanced down at the letter again. Grape certainly has some flattering things to say about you here, he said. Well spoken. Charming. Most talented musician he's met in ten years. The mayor continued reading, then looked back up, his eyes shrewd. You seem a bit young, he said hesitantly. You're barely past twenty, aren't you? I was a month past my sixteenth birthday a fact I pointedly omitted from the letter. I am young, your grace, I admitted, sidestepping the actual lie, but I've been making music since I was four. I spoke with quiet confidence, doubly glad of my new clothes. In my rags, I couldn't have helped but look like a starving urchin. As it was, I was well-dressed and tanned for my days at sea, and the lean lines of my face added years to my appearance. Alvarin eyed me for a long, speculative moment, then nodded, apparently satisfied. Very well, he said. Unfortunately, I am rather busy at present. Would tomorrow be convenient for you? It wasn't really a question. Have you found lodgings in the city? I have not made any arrangements as of yet, your grace. You will stay here, he said evenly. Stapes, he called in a voice hardly louder than his normal speaking tone, and the portly, grosser-looking fellow appeared almost instantly. Set our new guest somewhere in the south wing, near the gardens. He turned back to me. Will your luggage be following? I fear all my luggage was lost on the way, your grace. Shipwreck. Alvaron raised an eyebrow briefly. Stapes will see you are properly outfitted. He folded Thrape's letter and made a gesture of dismissal. Good evening. I made a quick bow and followed Stapes from the room. The rooms were the most opulent I'd ever seen, let alone lived in, full of old wood and polished stone. The bed had a feather mattress, a foot thick, and when I drew its curtains and lay inside, it seemed as big as my entire room back at Anchors. My rooms were so unpleasant, it took me almost a full day to realize how much I hated them. That's the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Joanna. I'm Nick. And just to be clear, Jeremy, I think you said the rooms were so unpleasant, but it's written the rooms were so pleasant. That's entirely my bad, if that is what I said. And I believe you that it was. I think the irony of him hating the pleasant rooms is what really uh, strikes. Mm -hmm. This really strikes true for me, though. Like this idea that like you end up in this place that's so exciting and different than what you're used to. And it's great for like 10 minutes. And then you're like, no, I don't like it. (laughs) Like like hotel rooms. I remember like hotel rooms when I was a kid were such a big deal. They were so crazy and weird and they came with little cups and and sometimes they would have a coffee maker and I didn't drink coffee but I didn't care because there was this weird thing in the room that I didn't understand and they had small sinks and tiny little bottles of shampoo and everything was so exciting and then I would never be able to sleep because they were weird and different from my my kid room the ceiling was so far away and like it was just yeah Apparently, one of the reason hotel rooms tend to be kind of samey is that it's hard to sleep in a new space. The body doesn't actually rest if it's a new space. So 
hotel rooms tend to have a similar layout so that if you're traveling a lot, you get more comfortable in them. Apparently, that's the logic that anyway. Sense. I can understand that. I like what we learn about the mayor on this page. To me, he makes a good first impression. He doesn't seem condescending. He seems suitably impressed, but not like taken aback by Quoth's shenanigans. He, you know, makes a little bit of time for him, despite the fact that he's engaged in something else. I don't know. I'm predisposed to liking the mayor for some reason. Not quite sure why. I'm going to keep a closer eye on it on this read. I also think that Dagon is an interesting character because we're certainly going somewhere with him, right? Eventually, Quoth describes him as somebody who uh, every synapse in his body tells him to run away from him, which to me is like Chekhov's actual ally because if someone is presented as like evil and scary and they turn out to actually be evil and scary not all the time but most of the time it's like too obvious and not interesting but if someone is presented as evil and scary and it turns out that they're like kind of decent for example the hound in game of thrones it's like nice and interesting and you get to kind of go somewhere so I feel like my my impulse, but based solely on the and like we don't have a lot of information about Dagon. My impulse analysis on Dagon is that he's actually not a bad guy, even though we're supposed to think he is. Maybe we're supposed to think he's a Chandrian or something. I mean, the name Dagon on its own is like a big a big old warning sign to me because Dagon is one of Lovecraft's uh, elder gods. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's got a name that nerds will recognize as being evil. Uh, He gets a shiver sent down his spine. I think he gets like disfigured. Yeah, he gets disfigured in an explosion off screen and like ends up with only one eye. So he ends up even more uh, horrible looking. Yeah, no. And Nick, I think your point is well taken that often a character is set up like this so we can have the rut so we can have our expectations of them upended much like uh, Sandor Clegane uh, in Game of Thrones, who is like the the archetype of that almost. Like he's not exactly a good guy, but he is more complex and more sympathetic than we're first led to believe because we're presented with him only through the eyes of characters who find him terrifying. But then on the other hand, you've got the Mountain, uh, Gregor Clegane, who is just even worse than anyone expects, and he's already awful. Yes. Well, someone in the chat is pointing out, I'm going to call this, SNC points out in the chat that he could be like the mountain. He could be the mayor's personal monster. Uh, The mayor does seem like someone who would understand how it's important to have someone to do your slaughtering for you if you need some slaughtering done. So he could just actually be what he is on the surface of is a a scary monster man. I'm not sure that the book is written for us to be predisposed to like the mayor, but I feel like it's easy to to like him regardless of whether or not the pros enforce that just because i like as a reader you kind of want quoth to be in a safe space once he's like arrived yeah that's a good point jordana we we want this relationship to be a positive one because we want quoth to catch another break yeah so even though the pros is not like this guy is great it's like par enough that we're like this guy's great without without the pros enforcing it well it's also a symptom of the fact that our peasants minds are naturally conditioned to respect and love uh the stern and guiding hand of our our betters which the mayor is as an aristocrat yes absolutely I mean, I would argue it's just as easy to hate an aristocrat. As a uh, as a peasant who hails from the former uh, Sardom, uh, I too uh, wish for a a stern and loving hand of a uh, a royal family to 
ration my potatoes. That's right. Appointed by God to ration your potatoes. Oh, I see. We're doing a bit. Is there anything else we want to talk about on this page? Uh, just that Anastasia is my my uh, true empress, and I will return her to the queen, to the throne at any cost. I, I, I fear it might be a little late for that, <laughs> even if she had escaped. <laughs> but the Don Bluth movie tells me that she's she's still alive somewhere. I've actually never seen that movie. She'd have to be like 110. All right, we have a letter from Patrick Notrothus, who writes on page 359, spit for luck. Page 361, blood. A couple of pages there. Uh, hi, pagers. Small note about today's episode. The last thing we hear from Elodin during their talk on Stonebridge is spit for luck. Willem gives the same suggestion when they are on their way to the Yolian for the first time. Kvoth almost responds with luck has nothing to do with it, but decides to spit instead. We do not get Kvoth's internal response to this spit for luck, but it seems to be a common superstition. If you wanted to get more crack potted about it, you could say that Elodin was following Quoth around and knew that Quoth was told to spit for luck in that exact spot roughly a year prior. Also, on page 361, you point out that Quoth gives Devi his talent pipes, which is also what his blood is sealed with. You suggest that she could open his blood vial, create a mommet, and then seal it again with someone else's blood. I personally do not think she would do something like that, but what if she sold his blood once she thought he was dead? This would also add to her shock at seeing him on her doorstep. I looked ahead to when he eventually settles his debt, and while he does get all the things he left as collateral back, his blood is not mentioned. I assume this is because Devi does not keep the blood on sight, and the returning of his blood happens off-page at a later time. This would conveniently give Devi time to make a counterfeit vial of Quoth's blood. Thanks for all your work on the podcast. Signed, Patrick, not Rothfuss. I think we can all agree that mm. counterfeit blood is canon. I want to believe it because it's enticing, but at the same time, I just feel like I, I can't yet. Not yet. I don't know if I would, would I, if that I would buy that it is canon, but I think it is A, an interesting idea, and B, it is a great name for a band. <laughs> counterfeit Bloodgate. Vial of Blood? <laughs> Wait, what is the, what is the band name? Counterfeit Blood. Oh. Great. Good. Well, all right. Uh, now, that, now that we've come up with yet another band name, we'll talk to you about it tomorrow on another page. Of the way.